Where you going? That is a red one. You need to come out right now. I will let you eat everybody. Promise. I promise. Oh yeah. Baby, you feel like home to me. Like family. Oh, wow. You could just say, I'm happy for you. That was going to be us. Hey, I'm happy for you. No! God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. This dude needs some serious couples counseling. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Dabari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And of course, as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Not not a lot of time to waste today. Week seven was uh, probably the, the biggest blood, significant bloodbath uh, of the year so far. So I think we're going to start with injuries before we get into any of the interesting snaps and target work and all that. Walk, how are you? And let's get into these injuries. Cut the shit. Go to the outtakes if you want to hear how I'm doing. But we're just going <laughs> to dive right in to the week seven recap. And you know, I said put a tweet out there, and it was just there will be carnage. This was this is one for the ages. I mean, this is significant, high profile players done for the year or multiple weeks. And this is fantasy crunch time. We were talking about how we've largely been injury free. Like significant injuries have avoided running backs and wide receivers by and large. And now the Grim Reaper came calling this week. Unfortunately, I mean, and I'll start right from the top and see if either of us have omitted any. Brees Hall, unfortunate ACL and I think meniscus damage as well. You know, so I think that's like a two surgery type thing. That's a long, longer recovery time. If I recall correctly, that was the, that's like the J.K. Dobbins. And when it's not just a straight ACL, if there's secondary damage, they don't do those surgeries at the same time. So it's like surgery, rehab, surgery, rehab type thing. And we've seen what's happened with JK Dobbins. I'm not going to put that on Brees Hall, but he's definitely not playing this year. And he's likely probably to miss the beginning uh, of next year would be my assumption. Uh, DK Metcalf said it was a patella tendon injury, but no surgery. It wasn't a tear. I don't know if that means sprain or strain. I mean, someone said they saw Metcalf like after the game or something like that. He was walking around like nothing was wrong with him. Um, you know, even wanted to practice this week, I think I read, but I'm going to assume multi-weeks he doesn't play as they just try to rest and rehab the injury. Um, your boy David Njoku caught a high ankle. That's mm. two to four weeks, like every time <laughs> that they're going to miss. And that's unfortunate because he was really – Starting to find his groove. Um, also, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown concussion, likely to miss next week, a shorter term deal, but still no issue nonetheless. Mike Williams hasn't been diagnosed yet, but anyone saw that video. If David Njoku has a high ankle sprain, Mike Williams. It said this morning high ankle and only out for, you know, whatever the typical high ankle, two to four, four okay. to six. I didn't whatever. see the. I but didn't that looked like a fucking. That looked I like ever a saw a, yeah, yeah, I mean, that thing's terrible. foot separated from leg for a moment there. So either yeah. he's more pliable than he appears. Um, but yeah, so we'll say high ankle. He's two to four weeks. Yeah, I thought that uh, was a season well. ender. I was like, yeah, oh. yeah, that, that didn't look, that didn't look good. And then we'll just say, I mean, less significant injuries after that. We got uh, Chuba Hubbard uh, ankle as well. 
they said not severe, but I mean, it's still who, who saw that coming with Tampa Bay, but him and Foreman were, you know, were kind of playing off each other. Mike Boone, my boy, Mike Boone, mm. who I still contend is the best running back in the Denver backfield after Javante Williams went out ankle. They've already put him on IR. Unfortunate because I spent a ton of money in a lot of places to pick up Mike Boone, hoping that it was finally going to be time. But well, you alas, saw what they did too, right? No, they traded, good. they got Marlon, they picked up Marlon Mack to replace okay. him. Yeah, I mean, just to keep churning out backs there. Dead Gross. shitty offense. <laughs> Alan Lazard's shoulder, Nico Collins' groin, Corey Davis sprained MCL, Dalton Schultz tweaked his knee but I played the game. Tweaks it every week. Just keep keep rubbing dirt on it. Russell Gage hamstring, uh, Ryan Tannehill ankle, walking boot. That's the only. I got that little additional. We already talked about boots on the show in the previous episodes. You know where we're at. And then Dan Bellinger fractured orbital and sinus i believe that's that's going to be surgery that's going to be a while i mean that guy got his hand right in there i didn't see i heard him talking about it i haven't seen it yet i mean it didn't look bad in the moment that's why you were like for what getting poked in the eye but if you saw him get on the cart (laughs) that was about as red of an eye as i've ever seen i mean that dude probably went three fingers deep into his eye socket you know and and breaking bones in the process it's never good to get three fingers in anything (laughs) Which is usually frowned upon. So that's uh that's what I had. There was is there anyone that, that I omitted? There's a bunch of defensive players too. JC Jackson done for the year. Trey Hendrickson hurt. Pretty sure there's some other names that are you know just off the top of my head. It was it was a bad week. Yeah, I think that was it. I mean, during the games we were kind of <laughs> texting In and out. back and forth about the fucking what a bloodbath it was. But yeah, oh Lazard. Alan Lazard hurt. Yeah, I had shoulder. him shoulder. Yep, had that. Uh and that was it. You said Amon Ra with a concussion. I thought he had a knee thing going on also. Oh, I I could be wrong. But when I looked him up and, and I saw the play. Um, but I could, I could also be wrong. That's what I, I mean, thought it said. The day. That, that day, I think that's what they were saying. But okay. he had one yeah, of those goofy hits, kind of like Brees Hall, where he gets hit in the head and twisted up. And you're like, I don't. Could have been yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> NFL.com's reporting concussion anything. concussion ruled out. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he did get he did get whacked pretty well. Rashawn Gary with a concussion as well. We're talking about some defensive players. I already mentioned J.C. Jackson dislocated kneecap. He's done for the year. Same field where D.K. Metcalf ended up with the patellar injury. Same corner of the field. We got to do something about these fields. Um, A.J. Terrell picked up a hamstring. I mean, Evan Neal knee. Brandon Jones of the Dolphins looked like he was an ACL as well. Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman for the um, the Jets, elbow. I think he's already been IR'd as well. Dre Greenlaw out. I mean, shell, shell Jeffrey Simmons. Some serious names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just battered and bruised in week seven. But, you know, that's that's where we were. This is where we are. You know, injuries are a part of this game. You, know, you got to you know, adapt or die especially in the fantasy world. So we move on into week eight. And just uh, from a buy perspective, two teams, but two heavy hitters, Chargers and Chiefs <clears throat> on buy this week. Well, maybe one and a half heavy hitters. The Chargers haven't been bringing their lunch money the last couple of weeks. And now it's a Mike Williams injury. I mean, it's, it's pretty much Austin Eckler a bust for the Chargers offense. I mean, 12, no targets, 12 catches. <laughs> <laughs> just insane. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're not even, they're not even, they're not even trying to like hide it. It's no, we're just, it, we're either throwing it to them or handing it to them. We don't we don't have much else, especially with all the injuries, you know, that, that they were picking up. But you know, the Chiefs, 
you know, they, they went into their bye week in style. I'll give them that with a, a huge Mecole Hardman week. You know, all you haters suck it. He's never going to be great, but listen, Miko Harbin for a converted quarterback has actually did some pretty good things in the NFL, but I'm going to be off that soapbox. Let's get on to week eight and beyond, John. Yeah. So I'll <laughs> start with the AFC East as always Miami uh, wide receivers, nothing to talk about there. The interesting thing backfield it's been trending Raheem Mostert looking at the last four games. Mostert's been getting 68% of the snaps and Edmonds 35. So Mostert's completely taken over. I think we said last week, luckily Mostert gets hurt all the time. So it is still worth stashing and keeping Edmonds because there's unlikely Mostert makes the full season, but that, that's the only thing of note there. He's fully taken over that job. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, Jalen Waddle could have caught a touchdown. You would have won me 200 bucks. I had uh, a beauty know. of a parlay going, and then the Dolphins just went fully inept the entire second half. So, both teams. That. Yep. Well, well, Buffalo was going to, but wow. <laughs> yeah, nothing to report in Buffalo. They were on the bye last week. Uh, New England, they played last night, mm-hmm. so I don't have a ton of data on them yet. A bit of a quarterback controversy there. Curious to see how that plays out. Belichick said that they planned on getting Zappy in there at some point. Anyway, I don't think he meant <laughs> five five plays into it, but <laughs> it it be what it be. So keep an eye on that. Uh, Damian Harris was back in the backfield, but it was all Ramondra. He even got eight targets. So I I don't think I think they like Stevenson, and I think they trust him. And in a long first time in a long time. I don't think there's any ambiguity in the Patriots backfield, which is odd because you typically tend to avoid this because of decisions they make there. Then to the Jets. So we mentioned Hall getting hurt, being out. They promptly traded for James Robinson. Robinson kind of profiles more as an early down guy, whereas it's gonna Carter's gonna take over that Brees Hall role, but I think Robinson's gonna have some work as the season goes on. Kind of a a, a stash play. I'm getting ahead of myself thinking of Jacksonville, the other side of that trade. I'll I'll get back to that later. But Elijah Moore didn't play due to him wanting out, not getting target enough, no matter how much the team works. You mentioned Corey Davis. Yeah, you mentioned Corey Davis getting banged up also. So right now with Elijah Moore being on the the outskirts, Corey Davis being a little banged up, Garrett Wilson is their their de facto number one. They do like getting Braxton Berrios involved. He saw 56% of snaps. Someone named Jeff Smith saw 59%. And in the absence of Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims finally got in the field for 41%. Barrios is somebody that interests me just because they do use him in a lot of interesting ways. He has some upside. I mean, it's going to be hard to trust him in and out, especially with Wilson at quarterback. But that's the only guy of interest there that kind of jumps off the page. But that concludes the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot going on there. Free, free Elijah Moore. I don't care that they said they're not trading him, and now Corey Davis got hurt. And it just, it's, it's disgusting what is not happening uh, for him. But <clears throat> I was trying to look up some of those Christian McCaffrey things since we didn't get into those details because some of those teams were, were involved. Like the Bills were supposedly interested in trying to get Christian McCaffrey as well, and that's what came to mind. It was my Eagles, the Bills, the Rams, the 49ers, Denver. From what I'm reading here, too, he had a no-trade clause, so he probably picked the Niners because it sounds like the, the Rams came with a similar offer, but they they actually included Cam Akers as well to, to fix that problem, and uh, they went with the 49ers offer. So I'm assuming that was Chris McCaffrey saying, I wanna, I'd want i rather go to the Bay where he's from. But Well, and he likes Shanahan. 
Well, yeah, I think Shanahan, they said Babysitter. Shanahan babysat him yeah, yeah. when he was a kid. It's full circle. All right, on to the NFC East. Eagles bye week, nothing to see here. Now they get Pittsburgh. It'll probably be an uglier game than anyone wants it to be because that's what Pittsburgh does. They just make games ugly, but nothing to recap from the week prior. Cowboys, Tony Pollard finally outsnapped Zeke 41 to 31, mm-hmm. but Zeke got hurt and missed some time uh, with, with his knee injury. So that's likely I didn't. Snaps by quarter isn't a thing that I'm diving into at this point in time, but I'm going to assume it was largely because uh, of that knee injury. Zeke still was a more productive fantasy player because he had two goal line touchdowns in the game. Um, uh, Pollard largely disappointed in a pretty plum spot against the Detroit Lions. Dak returned, and CeeDee Lamb saw his lowest raw target total of the season of six, but it was still a 24% target share because Dak barely threw the ball. It was... Literally just let's not lose this game in Dak's first game back. But, again, not a lot to see here. Dallas offense is the Dallas offense. From the Giants' perspective, Saquon Barkley has only had less than 81% of snaps once this year, and it was due to an injury. That is insane how much they're using him. It's literally he's their best and almost only offensive weapon, and he, he never leaves the field. <clears throat> it is a Wandell Robinson world. His snaps jumped from 15 to 53 this past week. He's the wide receiver one currently mm. for the New York Giants, but we all know that's subject to change any given Sunday. But they clearly like him and involve him in this offense. We mentioned Dan Bellinger out, and some guy named Chris Myrick mm-hmm. came in. And uh, really nothing to do with that information. It's just the facts of the case. <laughs> They're not starting Chris Myrick. Not, not actionable. Ever. Uh, down to the Washington Commanders, the first game of the second go-round of the tr- Taylor Heineke error. And the running back s- percent snaps were uh, Gibson 39, McKissick 16, Robinson 47. Just still clusterfuck. Gibson, best running back. Just watching watching football. It's He's fucking crazy. By far the best running back <laughs> on their team. Insane. It's, it's, it's inarguable. <laughs> um but what I will say is he's had four straight, three straight games with four targets per game, each game, and that coincides with the three-game return of Robinson. So at least they're trying to get him involved in the passing game. I think it's come at the expense of McKissick, who's now down to the 16% snaps. But we shall see. It's just it's going to be ugly. Two scores to touchdown. And then lastly, it's you know the, the Terry McLaurin managers. They have to love Taylor Heineke because it seems like they were just better targets to him. He only saw eight on the game, but – he was productive. He was whooping Jair Alexander a, a little bit in that game. And, you know, you, you have to have to love to see it as a McLaurin manager, but it's also kind of coincided with the disappearance of Curtis Samuel from, from this entire offense. Which, what, yeah, what happened with that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> we started the year. That guy was He was a revelation. Like, for one, like through like two or three weeks, just getting he was getting a Debo treatment, you know, rushes and receptions all over the place. And then he just, he had a bad week against the Eagles. I think it was like the pivot point. And then it was just broken after that. So who knows, but he, he hasn't been, he hasn't been startable the last several weeks, but that is my NFC East. Yeah. You know, go, uh, <laughs> go North, I guess, after this the, the little update for that Chris Myrick guy, depending on your league settings, some leagues he's still listed as a running back. So if you're picking him up, hoping to have some depth what? at tight end, yeah, I've got some leagues where he's uh, listed at running back, where we have to start two tight ends, so he'd actually be somewhat valuable there. But <clears throat> he's a running back in that one. 
and I knew I knew he went to Temple. You know, that was my one thing. Is, you know, it fell Al alumni, but I was totally unaware this dude was listed as a running back. Okay. I think okay. they do it with Deguara too. Some some that I get. He's like an H back. That I understand. He actually lines up in the backfield. I don't see how this guy. Okay, yeah. sure. Either either way. So uh, going totally useless. <laughs> totally useless. Okay. <laughs> going north, Pittsburgh. Absolutely nothing to talk about here. They are one of the week in week out. You know, they're top three receivers, top tight end, top running back. That they're getting Jalen Warren a little more involved out of the backfield, but. Nothing of note in terms of usage or targets or snaps. Uh, George Pickens, another, another amazing catch. Crazy what happens when you put him on the field. And it, with, with Pickett in there, he is absolutely playable week in and week out. He was not uh, with Trubisky, but Pickett does like him and, and hits him with enough quality targets. And he gets some some red zone work. So Pickens to the moon. Uh, Baltimore. <sighs> These teams are just frustrating sometimes. <laughs> I started Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson in my home league, and you know how that weekend. Yeah, I, I started Kenyon Drake everywhere, coming off a big week. They need him now. Dobbins is hurt. I know Gus got activated. Uh, Justice Hill was going to play, but you're like, after that big game, you should reward that guy. How do they reward him? With 27% <clears throat> snaps to Gus's 36 and Justice Hill's 31. So he was the... Damn. Clear RB three. Gus looked good. I don't blame him for feeding him. We, we're a we're a big Gus Edwards pod, but we thought you know maybe week one you'd ease him in. Nah, fuck yeah. that. Let's all, all, all the high leverage touches went right to Gus, <laughs> who looks yeah. like an absolute monster. I don't know how it's possible. He looked bigger than he did before. He did. I, it's <laughs> funny you said that. I was looking at him the sidelines. I was like, well, I could tell he was hitting the upper half while he was <laughs> getting <laughs> on the sidelines. My goodness. It's funny you thought the same thing. Yeah. Monster. But, yeah, wide receiver here. I mean, <clears throat> Bateman missed a couple games. Duvernay's leading the team in snaps. Robinson gets involved. But, like you said, even with Mark Andrews, it's a team that wants to run the ball. You're going to have some game scripts where it's, it's dog shit for the whole passing attack. If you have Bateman, now that he's been back a week, you do have to plug him in. Duvernay's still playable, especially during the bye weeks, but it's hard to trust these guys week in, week out. Moving to Cleveland, kind of interesting. Kareem Hunt, 235 snaps on the year. Nick Chubb, 263. But Hunt's done nothing this year. I mean, usually they're kind of 1A, 1B as far as getting in the end zone and some passing work, and I think Chubb even out got uh, more targets than Hunt in this game, which is – a rare feat, but Hunt's just doing nothing with it. It's hard not to play him, especially again with, with these bye weeks upon us and the, you listed all the injuries. So you may have to plug him in there, but he's very untrustable. Wide receiver, it's all Peoples Jones and Amari Cooper and Joku's out here. Some Bryant saw the big uptick in work after that happened. So he's the, the guy to add if you're looking for a replacement there in Cleveland. And Cincinnati, similar to Pittsburgh, the, this AFC North is always easy to go through because it's pretty straightforward on every team. <clears throat> Cincinnati, you got your top three receivers. You got one tight end. You got your main running back. The only guy that's of interest possibly, talking about waivers in advance here, maybe adding Michael Mike Thomas. He is their number four. And the way they use three receivers consistently if they were to lose Higgins or Boyd or Chase for a while, there's a world where Mike Thomas becomes a pretty fringy flex wide receiver three, especially as much as they're throwing the ball. But that is it for the North. 
Yuck. You probably know the answer to this. I didn't, so I, I wanted to look at it. Cleveland Browns running back targets on the season. Do you, do you have an idea of Hunt and Chubb? I think like where, where at? Chubb is slightly ahead or just behind him. 19 for Hunt, 14 for Chubb. I, I, I know Chubb's seen a few here and there. He's actually done relatively well when he's got him. Five more targets for Kareem Hunt. They, Brissett's not throwing to the running back. Right? Correct. So, that make Hunt irrelevant because Chubb has been lights out as Chubb is with the ball in his hands. Kareem Hunt should never see a meaningful carry over Nick Chubb. I'm not saying Kareem Hunt's a bad running back. Any meaningful carry should go to Chubb. Every goal line work, all the goal line work should go to Chubb. Chubb's just, he should be all down and distance running back and Hunt should be the change of pace and breather back. I mean, it seems like there's largely where they're going. There's just no pass game work. Nick Chubb, if if I were the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb would have the most touches in the he would get the, the Barkley usage. <laughs> he yeah, he would Derrick Henry. I mean that's that's yes. what you need to see. Thirty carries if need be to win a week, because that's Chubb's built that way. And then find a way to throw him a couple passes in a game too. Yeah. I mean, just get him the ball in space and, and let him work. I'd still at a loss. And I get when you have a cream hunt, you don't have to use Nick Chubb in that way, but Alas. So that was my one. And then I didn't know this was going to go down a Chris Myrick rabbit hole. But when you mentioned him about being running back eligible, he, he is listed as a fullback slash tight end. So that's probably why he is also six, five, which seems it's like H backy. You know, so he's not like a little guy. I mean, he's the tight end size. He also was born in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, which is where my last house was. And he went to Cheltenham High School, which was which is also a local school to Temple. So the guy literally grew up around me <laughs> his entire life and went to the school. I went to it was the same college as me. And I still don't know enough about Chris Myrick or do I know too much about Chris <laughs> at this point in time. So that's your Myrick segment here. So from your North to my <laughs> North, this one's going to be pretty easy, right? Because the Vikings were on a bye and the bears played last night. So I don't have, Bears kick the dicks off of the Patriots, and that's going to be the the gist of the the Bears portion. But with the or you know, huh? I'll give you a, I'll give you a little bit. I'm going to give you a, a high level highlight of their season. Yeah, I mean, they said career night for Fields, and I guess it's because he had 82 and a touchdown uh, on the ground because he only threw for 179 yards, one and one passing. So when when that when that denotes a career night, but uh, Khalil Herbert still on three less carries had the exact same amount of yards mm-hmm. as David Montgomery. Just didn't get a touchdown. Khalil Herbert's awesome. More explosive should be their starter. I digress, you know, 25 yard touchdown catch. So he actually outscored uh, David Montgomery on the week. So that's, that's beautiful to see. Um, you know, three for 53 to lead the way for Mooney. This is, a, this is atrocious looking at this of the team that won 33 to 14. And I think it's because didn't they have some defensive touchdowns? I know they had a ton of turnovers, but whatever. It's a split backfield. You know, good. Herbert's getting some of the work. He might have got some of it late. I did not watch this game, and I'm glad that I didn't. But <laughs> nonetheless, I still contend Herbert's better run than David Montgomery. But to the two teams that played early enough that we have things to talk about for him, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones played 74% of the snaps. AJ Dillon limited to 30% of the snaps as it should be. They need to focus on keeping their playmakers on the field. Aaron Jones is by far the best playmaker on the Green Bay Packers. I'm hoping this was a sign of things to come because he also saw 10 targets on the week. I mean, you were talking about Austin Eckler 
Use Aaron Jones the same exact way, right? Get him in space, 29% target share. He's the best after the catch for them. He's going to probably be leveraged heavily in this game against the Buffalo Bills that Aaron Rodgers rightfully said people are already writing them off because if the Bills don't pace them, it's the Bills, it's not the Packers. This is going to be the reason why that doesn't happen. The Packers are not going to be able to outgun the Bills. It's just it's just not an option. And the Packers' defense has been Swiss cheese. No Packer cheese, pun intended. They've been terrible. That was supposed to be their strong point. They suck. Alan Lazard left with that shoulder injury, and Aaron Rodgers does not trust anyone else in this entire offense. I mean, it's just what it is. He's indecisive. He's double pumping. He's just – the guy's – He's, he looks around and he has no friends. I mean, that's literally, it's uh, it's, it's that Pablo Escobar. <laughs> where you're just looking around, just in the empty pool by yourself. Put your head down. It's it's atrocious. And then Romeo Dubs' shine seems to be off that a little bit. He went over four in the game. Not all his fault, but big old goose egg from old Romeo. Down to the Lions. Weeks one through four, they averaged 35 points per game. Weeks five, five through seven, they averaged three points per game. They got shut out, and they scored six points. What? I mean, I get it. There's no Swift, in and out, same Brown, but <laughs> what happened? I've, I've been starting golf in three leagues. That's what happened. <laughs> I missed all the good ones, and I fucking played about all the bad ones. Yeah, game over on golf. Anyone that, that moved him early this year, congratulations, because Detroit's drafting a quarterback next year. Um, I've never been so certain. First-round quarterback. Never been so certain of anything in my entire life. They're bottoming out. It's time for them to get a quarterback. They have weapons. They have an offensive line. They need to work on their defense, but it ain't golf. All right, I mentioned Swift. He's missed the last three games, and somehow Jamal Williams has not exceeded 50% of snaps in any of the three weeks. He literally hit 50% of one week. It's been a Craig Reynolds, Justin Jackson, Jamal Williams hodgepodge. We got one good week of Jamal Williams without Swift, and the last two have, uh, have sucked. <laughs> I did mention Amon Ross and Brownleaf with a concussion. Should be short term, but he's been getting banged up. Uh, he's missed now. He's going to miss multiple weeks this year. He's already missed time uh, at the beginning of the year. The tight end position. TJ Hawkinson gave you four for 48, not the worst thing in the world, but someone named Brock Wright put up four for 57. So Hawkinson wasn't even the most productive tight end on his own team in a shitty script. Imagine you throw those two stat lines together and you have a nice eight for over 100. That, that would be that would be nice yeah. for TJ Hawkinson, but no, Brock Wright. Yeah, so that is the NFC North. It's ugly. Just want to remind everyone I said that the Vikings were going to win this division. I was extremely confident in that assertion, and that's 100% going to happen. It's a runaway. The Bears are their biggest threat oh. at present. That's that's a statement that I'm actually making, John. <laughs> this is a 0% chance they win a playoff game. The Vikings now, they have Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so heading west, AFC West, starting with the Chargers. Joshua Kelly to the injured reserve, short term, I believe. But Sony Michelle is now the official number two. Isaiah Filler, Spiller finally got on the field, only saw four snaps, one carry for negative five yards. But Spiller is making a little bit of an appearance there. Who knows which way that's going to go in the next couple of weeks, but worth keeping an eye on they're gonna get him on the field because kelly is no longer there with keenan allen out for a while now michael thomas deandre carter and josh palmer i think got a little banged up too but deandre carter saw 94 percent of snaps in this game so carter's probably the guy to add if you didn't already have him stashed because he started the year out pretty decent when um 
Allen was out. Some guy named Michael Bandy, who I've never heard of, <laughs> saw 59% of snaps at wide receiver. So I got to look into him a little bit more before I make any recommendations. But the, the way it's gone for them with wide receiver, and, and it'll probably be easy to get these guys because they're on the bye this week. So with any Chiefs or Chargers players you want to get, now's the time to kind of lowball them if they're on waivers because no one wants to pick them up during a bye. Chiefs, next team on the bye, also next team up. Weeks one through six, CEH saw 56% of the snaps, McKinnon 53, Pacheco 23. That was their high high watermark on the year. Since then, CEH is 27%. McKinnon uh, is somehow 44%, and Pacheco is 30. So McKinnon's work is staying right around the same. CEH is seeing his drop. Pacheco's increasing. But CEH is the one who got in the end zone again. So it's it's hard to – don't count on the volume. But CEH, even at the beginning of the year, though, those first couple touchdowns in the first couple weeks, he just seems to be the guy who's going to get those touchdowns. We have guys like that every year. So I'm still playing him. I'm not as confident I was weeks ago, but – He's getting the good touches, so it is what it is. Everyone was all excited before the game because Pacheco was a fit named the official starter, but that doesn't mean shit. Sometimes you get the first snap, and then they take out of the game, so it's not like baseball where you're playing seven innings for sure. Um, we like to say it, John. We did. There's a couple. We Neither of us were willing to, to put him in our starting lineups, <laughs> but we were both very happy with, with that news and, and optimistic. <laughs> But we didn't pull the trigger. We didn't right We're like, ooh, look at this. You're going to put him in? Oh, fuck no. Nope. Uh, MVS seems to be trending upward a little bit, and Hardman had the big game, uh, 63% of snaps. Moving down, way down to Detroit. Melvin Gordon, 51% of snaps. Uh, Latavius Murray is two games with Denver, 47% and then 39% this last week. Boone got hurt. He, he was trending down anyway when they – added Murray unfortunately as you said he's probably the best guy on the team they did add Marlon Mack just for some depth there so now their backfield which was pretty exciting with Javante Williams and the potential of Mike Boone lurking now it's Melvin Gordon Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack so yeah just what Russell Wilson needs it's gonna fix everything (laughs) bunch of post apex running backs and now with their wide receiver core fully healthy, it, it, it's Sutton, Judy, and Hamler, and that's it. All those other guys I mentioned weeks ago with injuries, trying to play musical chairs, seeing who's going to fit in. It doesn't matter because Hamler's back, so they got a one, two, three there. And last and arguably certainly least, Las Vegas Raiders. Boy, I'm sure you're happy. How good has Josh Jacobs been? That guy is just, I think he's running back four, rightfully so, just getting running back one in my heart. An obscene amount of volume. Good for him. I mean, that's what you need in fantasy. He should get himself a nice little contract after this year. But the, the kind of interesting thing that emerged here the last few weeks, Hunter Renfro, who people liked coming into the year, got hurt in his absence. Mac Hollins stepped up since Renfro's been back. Hollins, 95 snaps, 95%. The Renfro's 55%. Last game, 100 to 57. So Hollins is their clear wide receiver two right now. Renfro is is a, a, a distant third. And with Darren Waller coming back, I think that ends up bumping Renfro down more than it does Holland. So Holland's is definitely worth playing week in and week out. I think at this point he he's gonna be their wide receiver two on a team that kind of stinks and wants to pass a lot more. 
I'm going to say that that's probably a blocking thing. So, you know, that's important in a McDaniels offense. I think Hollins is probably the superior block. He's a bigger guy than like a diminutive Hunter Renfro. So it's probably speaking to their snaps. And I was not fully aware. I mean, <laughs> believe me, I'm fully aware of Josh Jacobs. The last three weeks, Josh Jacobs, just mm-hmm. on the ground, 144 and two, 154 and one, 143 and three. Yeah. He has had less than 143 rush yards. There's some he's averaging two touchdowns a game just on the ground right he now. He set some record. The 140, <laughs> uh, what, three straight with, I don't remember, combined with, with something else. It's got to be. Could have been. He's had a minimum yeah. of 143 yards and a touchdown a week for three straight weeks. Just grinning ear to ear, baby. That's where I'm at. I love Josh James. I have him precious little places, honestly. I was, you know, uh, shout out my home league. Uh, someone who's actively looking to the future offered me Josh Jacobs for Juju Smith-Schuster last week. And I didn't need running back. I still don't believe I need running back. I actually declined it because I don't like the uncertainty um, behind Josh Jacobs. But the, the tear he's on right now, it's, that, that, was a hard, that was a hard decline to actually hit the button on because dude's just been an ace uh, this far. So good for him. Keep it up. All right. So from your West to my West Rams are on a bye. So nothing to talk about here other than the fact that they were clearly trying to get in on the Christian McCaffrey sweepstakes, even offering cam Akers and a seemed like a similar pick package um, for the deal. Come find out Christian McCaffrey has a full no trade clause. So it sounds like he was the one that determined his fate and wanted to go to 49ers as we already articulated. He's a Shanahan guy. He is going to be an absolute monster in that offense in short order. If they can get their shit together, just imagine a McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, uh, you know, offensive, you know, quartet that you have to deal with. Shame I mean, there's no quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, Jimmy Grapple just has to not get in the way. Um, and, and this shit's going to work. I mean, then listen, just, Little Elijah Mitchell on the back end coming through. That dude is explosive as they come too. You know, um, they're going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with. So talking about those 49ers, CMC played 22 snaps. He was in a limited package. Looked good, looked competent, picked up the playbook pretty pretty seamlessly, it sounded. 28% of the snaps overall. Wilson only played 26 snaps in the game, 33%. Just bad game script uh, for the 49ers in CMC's first week. But you got to assume CMC is going to be a – 50 snap 50 percent snap player next week pushing 60 70 by you know week three four of his 49ers tenure right when elijah mitchell is supposed to be coming back onto the field so that would be one hell of a duo but yeah elijah mitchell truthers are very sad um at this point in time george kittle played 70 snaps overall ton of snaps on national tight end day but that was just because they were chasing points and <laughs> He did on the field for far too long, even though they bailed at the end to put Brock Purdy in there. So better days uh, are ahead for the 49ers, but they were outclassed this past week. Seattle Seahawks, you're talking about straightforward Kenny Walker, RB1 with a bullet, potentially. I mean, you're talking about what Josh Jacobs has done in the last couple of weeks. I mean, 73% of the snaps for Ken Walker, 23 carries, zero targets. Sounds like a Seattle running back to me, but he's super productive. With them, we mentioned DK. He left early, only played 20% of snaps. Optimistic prognosis, probably going to miss multiple weeks. Tyler Lockett only played 65% of snaps himself, and I think he was dealing with some sort of injury, but they also just handled the Chargers, so they probably run a lot more two tight end sets. They ran the ball the entire second half, it seemed like, but Marquise Goodwin was the primary beneficiary of DK going out and Lockett being hurt, and no one saw that coming, but he caught two Didn't he get banged up too? Yeah. 
Probably. It was week seven, John. I mean, <laughs> so who's here? Just, I mean, Lockett obviously is, is their wide receiver one right now. Metcalf's out. Goodwin, he's got speed, but you'll never trust that guy week in and week out. Is it D. Eskridge? Is he's, someone he's not, you're. He's not allowed to be a thing. I mean, we, that's, that, <laughs> he's already missed his window. It's going to be a ton of Disley and Fant. That's what it's going to be. And you, you're not going to know who it's going to be, but they want to still be run base. They're still going to go 12 personnel. We probably see more targets at a tight end in the short term, but obviously losing DK lowers that entire offense a bit, but Hey, you're still winning games. Kudos to the Seahawks. You far exceeded my expectations. Division winning through. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, weeks. and I still don't know that I don't believe this. Think they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're winning games, but just apples to apples. Quarterback, defense, levels, you know, their offensive line really picked up. Those draft picks have gone a huge way towards allowing them to be the offense they want to be. And, you know, good for them, but I still am awfully skeptical, you know, the Seahawks sustaining value. But last but not least, the Cardinals, this was a lifetime ago. This was Thursday Night Football. Eno Benjamin saw 73% of the snaps. Uh, Keontae Ingram, 30% of the snaps. Both of them produced in, in, in the game. First week active, DeAndre Hopkins saw 78% of all wide receiver targets. He saw 14 of 18 passes thrown to wide receivers in that game. Shouldn't shock anyone, but now that obviously Rondell Moore took a big hit um, with, with New coming back. It was, you know, every snap, it was first read is DeAndre Hopkins, right? Re- read and react, throw it to him, pick up 10 yards, get a first down, whatever it may be. That's well, not going to change. He's going to be peppered. Yeah, week in and week out. When somebody comes back, people usually shy away. But typically, you're coming back from an injury, so you're like, "Eh, do they ease him in? But if you, you know, in hindsight, of course, he was just suspended. He's perfectly healthy. There's no reason ever been. I mean, he's a suspended for PEDs. I mean, this guy's probably extra healthy (laughs) at this point in time. As healthy as you can be. Yeah. Yeah. In, In hindsight, yeah, that was pretty easy to see coming. Yeah. So that is the Cardinals in the West. Not not a lot to talk about. Big news was obviously CMC going to the 49ers. Yeah. So last and certainly least the AFC South. So at the beginning of the year, we you know, week one and week two, we said, not really sure here. We need three weeks to kind of see a trend. And then as we get to week seven, you have bigger batches of data. Not, not too interesting most of the time. There's nobody that kind of emerges. However, the interesting thing for me is to start seeing what teams do coming out of their bye. So Houston comes out of their bye. Did they have a little philosophy change? Did they work on some stuff? Kind of look like it. They got... Dare Ogunbowale heavily involved. He ended up seeing 12% of snaps, uh, seven targets, five, caught five for 54 yards. They they were raving about him after the game. So out of the backfield, Burkett had six targets. Dare had seven. Pierce had four. So they threw pretty heavily to the running backs. One week blip. Feature of the offense going forward, not sure, but interesting to note coming out of the bye. Pierce's snaps went down, Burkhead's went up, and obviously Dari didn't play at all until then, so he kind of emerged. Pierce's lowest snap count since week one of the season. Uh, another guy who emerged on this offense, you mentioned Nico Collin getting a little banged up, but Philip Dorsett saw 54% of snaps. Uh, Brevin Jordan's back from injury. He saw 46% with 
OJ Howard seeing 45 and uh, Aiken seeing 40. So kind of this three-headed back at tight end. So again, coming out of the bye, trying to see who emerges here because unfortunately you have three tight ends in the rotation. None of them are typically week in, week out, locked in for fantasy. But it's going to be interesting to see what this Dare usage out of the backfield is now. It's kind of interesting to see him come out of nowhere and be kind of their de facto receiver with Burkhead still being involved. I could see a world where he just took Burkhead's work, but he didn't. Burkhead still saw six targets also. So that was uh, kind of a blip worth noticing going forward. Indianapolis Colts, Matt Ryan. Well, we mentioned injuries. They're saying he hurt his shoulder, but he's hey, getting you? out of bed in the morning. Yeah, he's old and he stinks. <laughs> so Sam Erlinger is named the starter to see what he's got. Good luck with that. Um, that team stinks, but it ain't Matt Ryan's fault. How about you? I don't know. Heavily lean on the <laughs> arguably best running back in football. Nah, let's have Matt Ryan throw the ball fucking 50 times. So they, they stink Their Their scheme just sucks. Um, three wide receivers. Uh, it, it's this week. It was, uh, Paris Campbell, I believe, saw 100% of the snaps or close to it. But then tight ends, it's just a similar to, to Houston. Right now, it's just a disaster. Molly Cox, Granson, and Jelani Woods are all right around 33% snaps here, week in and week out. Good luck figuring out who's doing what. Uh, Michael Pittman, I'm sorry, hit 100% of the snaps. Paris Campbell had 98, and then Alex Pierce saw 97. So they're doing a lot of three wide. They're all on the field. But do you want to roll out Alex Pierce with Sam Erlinger in there? I don't anymore. So I love that it, you're butchering her name. His name is Alec Pierce. There's no X. What did I say? Alex? Yeah, it's Alex. I know it's Alec. I love that guy. Yeah. But I don't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, I mean, they, I think this whole offense takes a dip with Erlinger in there because. I don't think there's an R in his name either. I think it's Erlinger. It just added letters. I don't care. E-H-L, I think. There's no, you're just, you're just throwing an error in there, <laughs> which is great because that's what you do. This that's his name now. Yeah, I'm now Sam, Erlinger. Samuel Erlinger yep. for me. But, sorry, sorry, yeah, buddy. I mean, teams, teams are going to teams are gonna obviously try to stop Jonathan Taylor and make him – make Erlinger beat them. Yep. <laughs> and it. then we, we, I could see a world where Pittman is just – peppered an obscene amount of times where he just leans on his number one and then Campbell kind of fades off into oblivion. So worth keeping an eye on going forward there. Tennessee, nothing to note here. Uh, Traylon Burks is supposed to be coming back soon. Kyle Phillips has vanished after kind of a surprise week one. Someone named Cody Hollister was their wide receiver three, but on a team where they don't pass a ton. Can you trust that guy? Jeff Swaim is clearly emerged as the better tight end over one of our preseason sleeper favorites, uh, Austin Hooper. So not, not a lot of excitement there. It'll be interesting to see if Tannehill comes out of the boot and plays and, and Malik Willis uh, were to get some, a couple of starts under his belt and see who he likes and targets and all that. It would be nice to see Willis with Burks and see if they had built any rapport, but that is clearly not going to be the case. And on to Jacksonville, the wide receivers, it's all straightforward. It's Marvin Jones, it's Zay Jones, and it's uh, Christian Kirk. And tight end is who are you happy about? Travis Etienne, baby. Yes. So <laughs> James Robinson gone. Etienne is the every down back here now. 
<laughs> now here's where it gets interesting. Who do you like as the guy to pick up here? Do Michael Hasty scored a touchdown a couple times? He's there was their number three, but Snoop Connor kind of profiles more as the fill in for Robinson, where he's kind of a more early down guy, and you could get <clears throat> ATN in space. Snoop Connor is my one of my top waiver targets this week. Let people get hasty. Who's probably going to have the better week, you know, coming up, but season long, I think Connor has got way more potential. Yeah. I mean, I, I think hasty profiles far more as like a pass catching compliment. If Etienne were to go down, Correct. they're not taking him off the field for hasty in those situations. So Snoop Connor, more the bigger body back like a James Robinson, which makes total sense why they changed traded Robinson, right? They're not a playoff team this year. He's a free agent. Get something for him yeah. to a team that's desperate and let him go and be a starter somewhere else. It probably is like, you know, James Robinson's happy about it as well, it's right? He gets, another, he gets another opportunity. Yeah, it's a win, win, win for, for them. But I like the Snoop Connor kind of under the radar. I looked, I, I didn't really pay much attention to this uh, Colts Titans game. Titans didn't score an offensive touchdown and won 19 to 10. Uh, it's amazing. Matt Ryan found a way to throw two touchdowns, one to each team in the game, <laughs> in the law. We're wondering why Matt Ryan's shoulder hurts him. He's thrown it 50 or more times twice yeah. this year. Uh-huh. 50. I mean, he's thrown it more than he's thrown it. His, his low was 30 in a given week. I mean, Justin Fields just like drools over Matt Ryan's like conservative stat lines. 30, 37, 37, 41, 44, 50, 58. Yeah, of course your shoulder's going to hurt. You're old, but they're all like short little shitty passes, which is also why Paris Campbell's been amazing the last couple of weeks as well. And you just, you know, brushed him aside real quick because you're not a Paris Campbell guy like I am. But 11 and 12 targets the last two weeks. Hasn't really done shit with him. 8.1 yards per reception and seven this past week, but scored both weeks, piling up receptions and, and getting enough yards. So who knows what the Sam Ellinger's going to do. He's a gunslinger. That dude's going to start pushing it downfield, which is going to help. Alec, Alex Pierce, and Pittman, respectively. Here, here's a question for you. You're talking about how, how dog shit Indy is. Who gets yeah. fired first, Frank Reich or Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, Hackett should have never got a job. It's just be kind of becoming abundantly clear. I, yeah, I've heard the rumors that he may not get back on this plane from the London trip or Germany. Are they in Germany? Where are they? Just extended vacation. Okay. It happens all the time. Lots of coaches never come back. Yeah, the not, I mean, there's new ownership, right? The Waltons are now in charge. They might just want to rip this Band-Aid off. I wouldn't blame them. I mean, this this whole that whole team has just looked inept. And, and I think Russell Wilson needs to own his piece of it as well, but they can't fire him. They just paid him, he gave him a contract. So <laughs> who's going to be the, the one? I think the Colts are the team, it seems like, will let Riker run the string. I think they seem like more the team that'll end of the season, do a guy right. But I could see Denver just... Giving them the old good fellas. Could be this week, yeah. <laughs> yeah could happen. Uh, ugly nonetheless. So from your south to my south, talk about ugly. Buccaneers, three points. Just, I, mm. I don't even know what to do. Um, Rashad White finally played his high. Finally, he played his highest percent of snaps on a season 43. Leonard Fournette looks like the workloads. Get that in the fact that Tampa Bay can't run the ball. Yeah, I, I don't know. Save their entire life. As much as it's that shit offense. I mean, it's just, it's an absolute disaster uh what's going on how you get pasted by pj walker and the non-cmc carolina panthers is beyond me i mean i like their defense i think they're upstarty but that you should have been able to sleepwalk through a win 
in, in this one uh, yeah. for Tampa Bay. So don't know what to do. I mean, it's not for lack of effort. Brady threw it 49 times <laughs> this past week. And uh, 15 of those targets went to Evans. 13 of them went to Chris Godwin. So he's he's thrown it to the top two guys. Evans should have had a monster game. He oh. dropped the bunny touchdown to, to kick things off, and it was just all downhill from there. But Buccaneers just seem like a rudderless ship, and now they play Thursday night against the Ravens, who are going to make it an ugly game. They're going to want to run the ball and play defense. Like I don't think this isn't a get-right game for the Buccaneers by any means, even though they're still, you know, the Ravens are still a liability passing. But I don't, I don't know. know. It was the Thursday game. I'm kind of it is I'm kind it's, of excited to see how they're both teams are going to go into that one. Listen, the Buccaneers and the Packers. The Buccaneers and the Packers are in must-win games, and they're playing against the Ravens and the Bills, respectively. That's 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 a tough spot. The only only pro is they're both AFC teams, so it's not like it hurts them a ton come playoff time and seeding and all that shit. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. Still ugly. All right, so we're going from Bucks. Let's talk about the Panthers, right? Now, 54% of snaps for Foreman, 46 for Hubbard, but Hubbard did pick up an ankle injury. Um, you know, the stat lines, I mean, Foreman had a day, 15 for 118 with a 60-yard carry in there. Like, Foreman's the, the current poster child for Achilles returns, but it still took him several years to get there. But he looked good last year in Tennessee, and he's looking good now. And given opportunity in Carolina. Um, don't pay running backs, people. That's just learn your learn your fucking lessons, NFL. Just stop paying running back at this point in time because you can't even get shit for him. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, one of the best players in the NFL. You can't even get a first-round pick in return for this guy. I mean, you cobble together a second-round pick at day three. Yeah, you know, type yeah. guys. Just to get him off your roster. <laughs> Hubbard was nine for 63 and a touchdown. The split in targets, they saw five targets on the day, turned it into four for 37. So they found a way to, to put up, what is it, a 181 rushing with another four for 37 receiving from the running back position? I mean, didn't, didn't miss a beat. <laughs> Seems like they also barely threw the ball, but uh, DJ Moore saw t- 10 of the 22 team targets and produced his best fantasy output of the season. Seven for 69 and one. Good. I mean, finally, just hyper-targeting your best wide receiver. Finally got rid of Robbie Anderson, got rid of Christian McCaffrey. That's what it really took to realize you throw the ball to DJ Moore. More. Hopefully, better days are ahead uh, for him. I'm still interested to see what happens when Baker's ankle's better and Sam Darnold's off IR. I mean, because it's not going to be P.J. Walker, and he's the one that was throwing the ball to DJ Moore. To the Saints, I had both the previous Thursday game, so it seems like a lifetime ago that this team played. <laughs> Kamara played 72% of the snaps. Ingram played 28% of the snaps. Saints scored four touchdowns on Thursday night football, and they went to uh, Rashid Shahid, one, Jawan Johnson, two, <laughs> and Taysom Hill, one. That's who scored the touchdowns. Four touchdowns scored by the Saints. Zero fantasy relevance. I mean, some people started Jawan Johnson. I played against him in a particular league, which I thought was humorous. Uh, at best that he caught two touchdowns. And then I guess some people are starting Taysom Hill because he qualifies as a tight end. He got one. Chris Olave did see 14 targets, turned into seven for 106. Andy Dalton was terrible in that game uh, against the Cardinals, but they should hopefully be getting some of their playmakers back. And is Michael Thomas ever going to play again? Who knows at this point in time, but you know, he's had plenty of time to rest down to the Falcons where we end every week because they just <laughs> stay at the bottom, even though they Perfect. probably don't, they probably don't deserve to be the last team talked about in the South, honestly, because they scratched out a few. But ugly backfield persists. Algier, 62% of carries. Caleb Huntley, 23%. Avery Williams, 15%. Algier did find the end zone, 16 for 50 and one. 
Who cares? In a game where they trailed 14-0 in the first quarter, getting just pasted by the Cincinnati Bengals, Mariota threw the ball 13 times. They were down 14-0 in the first quarter. Mariota threw the ball less than they were down. <laughs> they were 13 times. That's I get it. We're just trying to get this season over with, Art, right? That's just what we're doing. Just quickest way. Just we're going to run it because the clock continues. Just get out of here. <laughs> In other news, Kyle Pitts, five targets, three receptions, nine yards, no touchdowns. Drake London, one target, one reception, nine yards, no touchdowns. Just bench them. Bench both of them. I'm sorry. That's, that's where we're at. I have Kyle Pitts in a few leagues. I'll, I'll miss a game. I don't care. His big game was like 30 yards and a touchdown this year. They're not throwing it. They're never going to throw it, and it's never going to produce a multi-touchdown or a big yardage week for either of those guys. They're, neither of them are startable at this point in time. Is, I don't care if they're winning, losing, drawing, who they're playing against, what the matchup is. You can't trust a single Falcons player until Cordell Patterson comes back, and that's still even debatable. I'd have to see a week of that because they might be like, hey, we're really liking what Algiers doing and grinding out these games so we can get out of it. Get out of town quicker. So let's keep pounding the rookie into the line of scrimmage. So talking about the Falcons just trying to wrap this season up. Unfortunately for them, they're three and four. So they're tied mm-hmm. with Tampa for the, the lead in the South. They're, I think, the sixth seed in the playoffs. Or they're a couple games out of actually. The Falcons have scored more points than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. That's the thing. That, that's happened with this offense 14 times. Chris Godwin saw 13 targets this week. Mariota threw it 13 times for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Fact. But, but so because they're kind of sticking around, they're, they're going to keep Mariota in there. But isn't the smart thing for them to just bench him and get like half a season out of Ritter and see if Ritter can be good <clears throat> before you go into next year and have to use an early pick on a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, this this is where I'm at on these. Kenny Pickett should have broke camp as a starter for the Steelers. The Steelers just maintain this delusion that they can sure. continue to win. They thought, you know, not that Trubisky was this world beater. Desmond Ritter should have broke camp as the starter for the Atlanta Falcons. You just get lean into it, throw him into the fire, see what happens, get a good year to see if he's the guy. If not, you, you tap in the next year. Once Carson Wentz went down, Sam Howell should be the starter for the Washington Commanders, not not Taylor Heineke. But these coaches, I get it. They just they they need to win weeks. So if it's happening not in the best interest of the team. They're going to continue to be rolling out the other guys because you're not going to get any understanding of this. Like Tannehill even, you know, it's the same thing. The Titans are in first place right now at four and two. Tannehill's not the future there, but you're not going to see Malik Willis barring an injury this year because their division stinks. I mean, the, the Colts are just coughing it up. They've already moved on. The Jaguars are trading away assets because they know they're still rebuilding. And then, you know, the Texans are vying heavily for the 101 overall to replace Davis Mills at quarterback. So all these teams should be looking in the mirror pretty hard, even though they weren't high draft capital for these guys was down here for quarterbacks and all that. They landed in spots where these teams would be in their best interest to see what they have in these quarterbacks. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of teams that we thought were going to suck aren't as sucky as we thought. So it's going to be interesting to see where these draft picks actually shake out at the end of the year and what they do, you know, in free agency. But yeah, Cr- crazy times uh, to be alive. And because these teams that we think suck, there's a strong chance they're picking outside of the top five because they're 
winning these fucking games early that are going to wreck their <laughs> draft hopes a year later. Yeah, I mean, ironically enough, we are finding parity right now. And again, I think a lot of this is largely because what the NFL has done with the preseason into the regular season has been a lot of ugly football early. I mean, you're just looking at a lot of these divisions. I mean, there's no one's running away with anything right now anywhere. I mean, going to say the the NFC West is four and three and or three and four the entire division. I think the Cardinals stink, but they're one game out of first place yeah. right now in their division. You just mentioned the South. Three and four or two and five. There's not a winning team in the NFC South right now. There's only one team with a winning record in the North. You know, the East somehow is like the bell of the ball where the commanders are the worst team at three and four. And you got three winning records. I mean, it's it's crazy where, where we're at in, in the league right now. But you're right. It's causing a lot of people probably not to make decisions that they should be making in the best interest of the organization. Yikes. Yuck. <laughs> Speak, speaking of yuck, mm-hmm. let's discuss waivers. I mean, yeah, what we've been kind of doing all year was looking uh, a week or two into the future. But with all the injuries now, I mean, it, it's good to look a week or two because people are buying the guys that they can get now. But the only names I had, I mentioned Michael Thomas, wide receiver for Cincinnati, is a potential just stash. And if someone gets hurt, you have a guy who's arguably flexible coming in. I mentioned Braxton Berrios. Again, people are probably going to overlook him just because it's a cool name, but a boring name that people are already aware of. Harrison Bryant should get a couple weeks as some decent tight end production. He was good coming out of college. We kind of hoped for him. Got originally buried here behind Njoku and Hooper. Then Hooper moved on. Njoku kind of was stagnant for a year, but then he kind of emerged this year. So there's no competition for Bryant at tight end there. I mentioned Snoop Connor, who I kind of like. D. Eskridge, who you are not a fan of, but I, so I some someone's got to play wide receiver, I guess, right? Yeah, and Jeff Schwaim or Fred Freddie Schwaim. He's gone. They cut him preseason. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the rookie. Oh, the kid from uh, Dariki. Yeah, Dariq Evans. There we go. That's 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 who I'm leaning into. <laughs> um. And you want to go super deep, <clears throat> Carolina. If, if Chuba Hubbard is banged up, they need someone. And the only people behind them is Raheem Blackshear, who I've seen the name before but don't really know anything about him. Great. And on their, their uh, practice squad is rookie, I believe, Spencer Brown. So if you're, if you're super thin at running back and have room to add somebody – you could do a lot worse than pinching your nose and grabbing one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's where the we car- are now. The carnage we're isn't at- over. Black I mean, that's Sheard. what we're talking about. Black Sheard, Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown, I'm pretty sure, is a big back from UAB, if I remember, you know, from the rookie scouting time. But um, Gus Edwards somehow still only owned in 44% of Yahoo leagues, which I think is insane. Hmm. Why wasn't he owned and IR'd everywhere? But baffling. To me, but there's still a world where, where he's available for you. Um, Chuba Hubbard at the same part, 37% roster. If the ankle injury is not serious, I think he was the starter over Dante Foreman, but they're going to split the baby regardless. Yeah. But you could do worse long term. Um, said he could have come back in if needed. So very minor in the game in the reports because they were pasting the Buccaneers. So take that for what you will. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have to continue to get creative if we're going to stay ahead of the curve because it's every week opportunities are presenting themselves. So 
Sammy Watkins. Anyone? Can I interest anyone in Sammy Watkins? 8% owned. Alan Lazard picked up his shoulder. I already said Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust anyone. Sammy yeah, Watkins. Cobb, Cobb's out. Sammy Watkins going back to play the Bills. Oh. Can we can, can the stars allied for another Sammy week? Because I mean, it's who be, else could it be? You're well, right. It has healthy, to be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sammy Watkins. Christian Watson's hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's they're going to be uh, rolling Juwan Winfrey out there and Ooh. oh, and Amari Rogers. Uh, I guess Ooh. maybe Sammy Watkins starting wide receiver for Green Bay Packers must win game going back against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Saying there's a chance. We were talking about Marquise Goodwin. He's a two percent owned guy. I think it was situational, but DK is going to miss multiple weeks and Lockett's banged up and. You know, it's got to throw it to someone, right? And it's precious little. I still think it'll be the tight ends, but Marquise Goodwin could be a guy you would look into. I'm still going to do the look ahead, right? Your boy Van Jefferson, 8% owned, just mm-hmm. designated to return this week, opens up his three-week window. They need something else in that offense to help them out because it's not Allen Robinson. If he picks up the Ben Skaronic work as just a better player, Van Jefferson could be a wide receiver three down the stretch if he's able to come back from from this injury. So I'm telling you, I'm saying he's an Adam Stash now guy because you can still put him back on your IR. So Adam, IR him, go add someone else, you know, and you're, yeah. you're sitting on a potential asset. I said Donovan Peoples-Jones last week. No one listened. He's still only a 20% guy. He had six for 71 against Baltimore, and we're getting ever so close to the Deshaun Watson error. Yeah. Commencing. And with a David Njoku injury, there's one less obstacle in that offense. Sure, it's it's Amari Cooper and it's Donovan Peoples Jones right now are the top two pass catchers. I mean, I'm going to put him above Harrison Bryant, so he could really explode in the next couple of weeks and then usher in the Deshaun Watson era. Jamison Williams, 31 percent owned. Do the same thing with wow. him. Wow, really? IR, Adam, put him on your IR. They are. He's going to play games this year. They desperately need help on offense and getting their shit together. I mean, they're still, you know, the DJ shark, unfortunately is IR himself, but Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond aren't getting it done. Okay. Then, and Jameson Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown play different positions pretty much. So go at him. And then lastly, the man with the looks like uh, you know, love story uh, hair, Greg Dulcich. If you see the the flowing locks, he's, he's got like a Fabio, you know, thing going on. Not a fan, but only twelve percent owned. And tight end sucks. I already said you can't start Pitts. And Joku's now a high ankle sprain, multiple weeks. Craig Dulce is a starting fantasy tight end, and still somehow only owned in twelve percent. He is a top twelve tight end. Hey, count in my counting, opinion, counting my post-its for previous waivers. One. Two, three, four weeks ago. We've been telling you to pick up Dulcich for free four weeks ago. Just yeah. like you were saying, pick them up, put them on injured reserve, pick somebody else up. Yeah, and, now and these are the moves you make after waivers. Like, don't waste a waiver priority. After waivers run through, just go add. Put them on your IR and then go add someone else. For a buck. Yeah. Nothing. Shit Nothing. Free. free. No one's picking up IR, guys. So get out in front of it. Van Jefferson, <laughs> Jameson Williams. Should be on people's rosters at this point as they're going towards the playoffs. Free ads in those leagues where they're not owned. So that's where I'm at. Not a ton of running backs, unfortunately. Excuse me. I mean, you got to start playing the injury game, right? If Kenny Walker gets injured, what's it going to be? They hate DJ Dallas. Maybe Travis Homer comes back or does Tony Jones get an opportunity? Who knows? But you're looking at these backfields. You know, if Kareem Hunt gets traded, is uh, what's his name? Uh, Felton. 
something? Do they make Darius Johnson a thing? Probably Darius Johnson. Maybe make a speculative ad on him if they make uh, Ford, Hunt available. Ford's on what short term IR? Or is he, he done is. for the year? Yeah, I, I, he's on IR. I don't know Could if it's be a, Ford a full year back. thing. But they do like Darius Johnson. He's a decent pass catcher. I think he'd get opportunity there. I mean, if you have spots, go look <laughs> at Bell Cows and go get their backups. You know, I mean. Or their backups, backups. We talked about Breda for a while and Gary Brightwell. <laughs> yeah, and Breda's snaps are going up. I mean, they're, they're playing them both on the field even. It seems like at the same time, you know, because uh, we're not seeing Barkley's diminished, but Breda's snap count mm-hmm. has gone up a little bit as well. I mean, he's not a guy. If you're a Barkley, you have to have Breda on your team. You just, you just have to because that's the entire offense. You're leaning so much you know, on him at this point in time in the fantasy world and in the Giants world that yeah. they're not going to change everything. It's just going to – they're going to try it with Breda. Breda, Breda, Breda. Butchered, butchered a ton of names today. <laughs> it's been fantastic. <laughs> it's my yeah, favorite, bro. my favorite thing to do. Uh, yes, it is. But, All right, and look at us. Boom, on the nose, Johnny. Outstanding yeah, work. Don't do whatever. Hit the post. No thing you need to get done. So that uh, that'll do it for us. Good luck in week eight, unless you're playing one of us, in which case I wish only the worst upon you. But, uh, you know, hopefully it's not not as injury riddled as last week was, but that'll do it for us. We are the Fantasy 40 for myself, John Dabari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. And we are out of here. Ouch! (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) I was in the moment too, Johnny. I was authentic. I was authentic. Perfect. It's never. Full, full kids snacky. All right. So, one reason I was coming in hot is I had to run the lows because I had to get a tool. Why did I have to get a tool? You asked, John. Okay. They're doing my floor for the fourth time <laughs> this week. Okay. I Are they still take- working on the They're- leveling problem? Uh, they did it again. Sure. There's, there's a new solution to the leveling problem. But it's weird how you do, Stu. Um, <laughs> So they're they're downstairs. I wish right now. we did a video pod. <laughs> I wouldn't have changed a thing. <laughs> I can't focus now. <laughs> so <laughs> all right, got that done now. String cheese. Oh. String cheese? It was, it was in the light. It was backlit. Spinny cheese. Um so I didn't have to take my bathroom apart yesterday because they were working from the front to the back of the house. So the bathroom I've had to dismantle four times now, I didn't have to do it till today. Okay. When I talked to him this morning, I said, listen, guys, I didn't know when you were going to get back there. I wanted to leave the bathroom intact so you guys can use it. It should only take me about a half hour. It's a sink and a vanity. Or sorry, it's a toilet and a vanity. Um, You've had to pull so, your toilet out four times? Oh, oh yeah. Talk about that, though. But so... After the last time, we finally bought a new vanity for in there. I used to have this like chintzy pedestal vanity that, and I, it old, I hated it. It was heavy. Every time I took it out, I was like, I'm not putting this back in again. Mm-hmm. So finally, last time I said, 
we're going and buying a new one. So we bought just like a regular rectangle yeah. so we can store. Well, I have trim in my bathroom. I wasn't going to cut the trim to set the vanity, you know, flush, mm-hmm. unfortunately. That's probably why they had a pedestal before, right? Because the pedestal, the top part goes back, the bottom sticks out. So I rigged it, for lack of a better word. I got I got pieces, a couple pieces of plywood behind it, so I set it into the plywood. So it's still fixed to the wall. I thought I did a pretty good job of actually trimming around it, so it looked nice. You'd never know it. Well, I forgot how I installed it. So I installed the base to the wall before I put the sink on. Right? Makes sense. Yeah. Seems standard. It's probably how you're supposed to do it. Well, the screws that I used to set the base into the wall are blocked by the <laughs> sink. Right? Because now mm-hmm. the sink drops in. Totally obstructed. So what do you do? You're going to have to take your sink out first. Well, I also sealed the sink onto the vanity, right? Mm-hmm. And just set it on. So, shaking the ship, not coming loose. So, I was like, all right, it's time to pivot. I saw this cool thing online where there's a screw bit thing that is like a snake. Oh, like the... do- No, no, yeah. it's like totally pivots. Oh, right? so okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's meant for this shit. Like, literally, the first part of the commercial is under a sink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, getting into tough places. So, I was like, Guess I'm going to Lowe's. So I go into Lowe's. Not fucking around. I asked the guy, where, where's, the, where's the snake drill bit thing at? <laughs> and he's like, I got you. He takes me back. Shows me like the $35, like the wall, like full get up. It's got like five pieces in it. And I was like, all right, thanks. He leaves. I look right next to it. There's a $15, just the piece I need. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going with the $15 crash run. Come home. The screws are longer than the room I have. Right, so it's able to start them miraculously, which is the hardest part. But I can't get them all the way out because there's only so much room. Right? I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying this story. So I'm hand. <laughs> I, I have a now. I have a wrench, right? Or pliers. Now I'm hand turning a screw above my head with pliers. I pull. I get the two. I'm like, they, they can't be in anymore. So I start shaking it again. It's not coming loose. What the fuck? So I look under. There's a, there's a mystery third screw right in the middle at the hardest point of all the screws. <laughs> I totally forgot about. So I get that one out even less because that's dead smack in the middle. So it's where like the, the pipes are coming down. It's where it's it's not happening. So I'm hand unscrewing that. And I'm like, this should come loose now because in my head, I screwed through the sink into wood into the wall. What I had forgotten is that I actually set the wood into the wall so that it really worked. So I thought I could just, once I got it like that far out, right? I thought I could just pop the whole thing out. No, I had to literally get the screws all the way out. So I had to hand turn three screws under a sink in a little tiny half bathroom until I got them all the way out so that I could now lift (laughs) the sink off so that they could fix my floor. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, how the fuck is he going to be able to put this back together? No clue, John. There's, there's You're no going to have to take the sink off the top. That, that is the only viable solution, right? Or <clears throat> just never put the bathroom back together again. 
That's the only <laughs> way I can do that. There's a toilet. There's no sink. <laughs> Why? There's Wash a sink your hands in the, in the get a there's bidet. A Wash get your fucking hands in the bidet. There's a sink in the kitchen, right? Or just put a bucket in the corner with water <sighs> in it that I change out every day. But that's I had to run out and then coming back. It wasn't just like I had to come back. No, I did. Then I had to do that work. Like so, that's what I was just doing. That I was like, oh, this is gonna work. And then of course, oh, no, this isn't gonna fucking work. I mean, why? Why would it ever be that easy? It has to be far more sophisticated. The toilet I had off like this. I'm at the point now. I don't know if you know wax rings. No, no, no. You saw that that rubber one? They have these. Yes. Which wax rings should have been? They should be banned in the United States. I mean, I get. I mean, it. if you're not you replacing a toilet, it repeatedly, it's fine. But in your but there's, situation, there's just better out there, John, and it's not even that much more. But yes, after the third time of me having to squ- scrape the wax wing off, wax wing, the wax, the, the wax ring off, I said, they have other things, right? So I'm like, let me find this nice foamy collapse. We already did it three times. You've already, you've lost the usefulness of it. Oh, no. It was a new one every time. Oh, I know. Presses. I'm yeah. saying you had to do the fucking scrape it every time. So at least, yeah. So the toilet, literally, it's two screws shut off the valve, get a trash bag under it. I mean, I, I could do the toilet blindfolded. I actually upped the ante on the vanity. I, I had I had to make it far more complex with all this. And all my furniture is in the back of my house right now. So there's not even any room to like move, maneuver around while I'm doing all this. It's, just, it's an absolute disaster. The floor's nice. The floor's beautiful. The wife's actually happy. She was miserable the whole time. She didn't want to get rid of the old floor. She likes the new floor. But it's... You know, it's never, it's never that easy. It's, you know, now we have to, we have to cut more trim here. We have to take this off. We have to do this. What do you want us to do here? It's, it's always a thousand things. I love it. To do through it. So, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they take their lunch break in a couple minutes. So that, I don't know if you can hear anything. There's, no. it's not, this is, this is quiet comparably. There's only a saw going right now that I can hear, but there's air guns. There's saws, there's massive pounding, right? You're putting like a, these mallets in to get the floor in place. I mean, it's literally just incessant, driving me fucking crazy, pounding for the last day and a half. And Love it's it. going to be through tomorrow. So give me one second because I got to put the fan on. I'm sweating my ass off. All right. I, I derive much joy from your tale of misery. <laughs> I figured you would. If anyone would, I know it would be you. So. Houses are awesome. Yeah, I just I can't wait to sell this dump. <laughs> Fuck after, out it's, after it's all fixed up. Oh, I just got a text message from the roofing company, too. You ready to get your roof started? I almost wrote them back like, Fuck you. I'm not, I'm not ready to do anything. <laughs> I don't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> it reminds me of my, my first car. My first car was a 1987 Chrysler New Yorker. Oh, and it had a, you, right? Had, had a, a gated style. It had a bunch of <laughs> fucking problems, though. And I kept fixing it. And, you know, I didn't have a fucking garage. We were in my mom's apartment at the time. So a lot of that shit, I'm out there in the middle of winter fucking <laughs> with hand tools, miserably outside 16. And then about the time I finally got it fixed up, I was like, I'm so sick of this thing. <laughs> I have to sell it. I thought you were gonna say someone stole it. That would have been the that would have been the cherry. <laughs> Remember, I got this fucking thing humming. <laughs> Don't you know someone steals it? 
And so you know well and good, right, when you're using these tools, you're just banging your hands on everything, right? I, in the span of five minutes, taking three screws out, I think I broke this finger and I at least got somehow shit like ripping nails, like where I'm turning and my hand just hits a piece of something. I don't even know what. My hand's throbbing right now. Let's have it. Um, <laughs> Did I tell you about my tree trimming experience the other day? No, no. I was Definitely cutting not some, the other day. Yeah. I was cutting some branches. This is like two weeks ago. I was cutting some branches off of right in the front of my house. I got like one of those fucking pineapple palms. Mm-hmm. It's got a big base and then the leaves come down, but they're fucking like eight feet long. And then the, the lower ones start like hitting the ground. So you got to trim them. So I'm out there just cutting them with a reciprocating saw. And oh. at the base of them, they have not leaves, but giant goddamn spikes. <laughs> And I mean, I, I've been poked before, not a big deal. I just try to be careful, yeah, yeah. but I, I cut one and obviously they're like eight feet long. So the thing rocks around a little bit. It hits me in the arm. I know I get poked, but I don't think anything of it at first. And then I'm doing something else out of there. And I notice it's like wet around my little bracelets. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I look with remarkable precision it got me. There's still a little mark. It got me in one of my veins in Imagine, my wrist. Just gushing. <laughs> it shot it sprayed up into my gloves. Mm. Ah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're like, like, yeah, this ain't good. Yeah. <laughs> Put a tourniquet on it. Get back to that tree. Bruise just from the blood leaking in me. It was like a quarter of my fucking forearm. Ah. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, oh. it's just. That's why you pay people to do this stuff. I, I <sighs> totally understand. The first time they're like, you know, we don't. We don't take out like anything in the bathroom. You have to do that. I was like, that's ah, not a big deal. I'll do that. By the fourth time now, I, I'm going to have to talk to him when this is all done and be like, okay, so I should have hired a plumber four times to do this. <laughs> There's, something's got to come back to me at this point. Like, I'll, I'll never be the same again. All right. I'm now buying tools specific <laughs> to help you fix the floor that you fucked up. Like, that's, that's where we're at now. I'm now, I'm committing more money and my time. And sweat, you know, to uh, try and help you get this job done. So that is my nightmare. It's lovely. Home shit's the best. 